0: Hi guys, I hope you're doing well. You're tuned in to the Chavanis podcast. I'm Ashna and today I'd like to talk about the imposter syndrome. Now the imposter syndrome refers to a consistent sense of self-doubt in which one starts to question their abilities and accomplishments thinking that they're a fraud or an imposter and like they've managed to fool everyone else into believing that they're smarter than what they actually are. I'm going to refer a lot to an article that was published about the imposter syndrome and this was in 1978 and it was titled The Imposter Phenomena in High Achieving Women, Dynamics and Therapeutic Intervention. Now, obviously, further studies have been conducted and they have shown that imposter syndrome can reflect in near about anyone on the gender spectrum, but it's more prevalent and more deeply rooted in the systemically oppressed, such as women or cultural minorities, you know, people of color or members of the LGBTQ community, you know, uh, you get the drift. Now, this article mentions how women tend to attribute their success to temporary causes like luck, whereas men owe it to, you know, their inherent abilities. And when it comes to failure, it's quite much the opposite. It's like women tend to put it on themselves as if it's a fundamental flaw that they have failed in doing something, whereas men try to find external factors For the failures. Now, obviously, I'm generalizing, but a lot of social dynamics come into play, and not to say that the imposter syndrome isn't found in men, but when it is, it's usually much less frequent and with considerably less intensity. And one of the biggest reasons for that is how the patriarchy works and like the power structures that exist, even though equality is achieved and all of that. I mean, more on that some other time. Uh, Let's come back to impostors. So in my personal experience, I've seen that the term imposter syndrome has been used very liberally, like even by myself and people around me. Like, I know people, most of them women, who are so talented and bright and they're out there achieving pretty much every, everything that they work towards and they still don't pride themselves in their accomplishments. Let alone pride, they don't even consider those results as, like, fruits of their hard work or their own intelligence. Like, there's this underlying sense of guilt that just makes them, makes us think that we don't deserve this. Like, we're fooling others into thinking that we do deserve. And one day we're going to be exposed and people will realize that we're not half as good as we thought we were. And that's it. We're we're going to be out in the open. And it's not just you know, normal people, so to say, it's also a lot of very accomplished stars and celebrities and activists like Maya Angelou always thought that someday people would find out that she's maybe a fraud. And despite having published so many books, and Emma Watson felt this way, Anne Hathaway says that she has had feelings of being an imposter. David Bowie felt like an imposter. Even Michelle Obama. And just people who have pretty much everything that you could imagine, but still feel like they don't deserve it. So it's not just a one-off thing. It's not something that people individually experience. It's because of a lot of social factors. And it's not even always academic or professional. Like It creeps into sociological aspects too. For instance, uh, Phoebe waller bridges Fleabag, if you've seen it, it's one of my favourite TV shows and it's so good, please watch it. So Fleabag, the protagonist of the show, she's shown as a woman who has a very confusing relationship with feminism. It's like she knows she's a feminist and she feels so strongly about empowerment and equality, but she's so unsure of the nuances that she constantly doubts the fact that she identifies as a feminist, you know. And she's just worried that she's a bad feminist and almost ashamed that people around her will find out that, you know, she's not as quote-unquote good a feminist as she presents herself to be. And just the idea of that mortifies her. And not only was that like a part of Fleabag's personality that was extremely relatable for a lot of us, but when you come to think of it, it brought up a very important question. And that is that why do so many of us have these self-imposed standards of achievement, and why are these standards of achievement so important? Now, the article I mentioned earlier, it highlights two reasons, family dynamics and sexual stereotyping. Family dynamics further highlights on two types of situations. One where the family is unimpressed by the child and constantly compares them to someone more achieving, like maybe a sibling or a close friend. And you know, that just instills this sense of self-doubt that maybe these people are right, maybe I'm not as bright or as capable as I think I am. And while this could, like, in a twisted sort of way, it could motivate someone to work harder and prove their worth, In the long run, it just makes them obsessively doubt all of their accomplishments, and when they actually do achieve things in life, or they're praised for stuff that they do, they automatically think that they're not as good as people see them to be. They're an imposter, and someone else ought to be better than them, no matter what. Now, the second situation is when the family conveys to the child that they are, in fact, superior, and that they have limitless potential, they're gifted, whatnot. And it's easy to be motivated and be an overachieving child when you have people rooting for you like that. But eventually, that child grows up and realizes that maybe, you know, they can't do everything they set their mind to. Because obviously, that's not realistic. And obstacles are inevitable. But because they're so relentlessly praised for everything, the child thinks it's their fault that they're not living up to people's expectations. And this in turn creates doubts and those doubts intensify further and because obviously nobody's an instant genius it must mean that they're probably a fake or a phony and they don't deserve to be believed in or looked up to and in both these cases like the neglected child or the overly adorned child both these cases even when like the active external critic is no longer there a person tends to develop like an inner critic. The snagging voice, you know, it's in your head and it just goes like you're fake, you aren't worthy, you just got lucky, you don't deserve any of this. And personally, I have been the elder child and I learned how to read when I was very young. So my parents thought I was like a child prodigy and now I'm not the overachiever I was at nine. So I constantly beat myself up and I feel like everyone hates me and I will never amount to anything in life. You know, the usual. So coming on to the next quote-unquote cause of the syndrome which personally I find very interesting and very personal uh, so to say it's sexual stereotypes now I'm taking again a very generalized approach here but one of the main reasons that men don't suffer so much as women or non-men do is because of this because of stereotypes they aren't stereotyped against or because you know they were born with a different set of chromosomes and that is messed up but we live in a society. <laughs> I threw gang signs for character, but nobody could see them, so now I feel a little stupid. Anyway, stereotypes. So they're everywhere, and men are considered intellectually superior and more career-based, while women conventionally have to match up to the standards that men set. And make a career if they want to have one while also being constantly aware that they have these quote-unquote social responsibilities of like marriage and childbearing and all that stuff and it's a lot of subconscious pressure like This paper that I'm referring to, it was written in the late 70s and now we're in 2020 and literally nothing has changed. Women are still expected to quit their jobs, to raise a kid, they don't have control over their bodies, they're paid less by a considerable margin for the same job that a man does. They have to constantly prove their worth to people just so that they can be respected and so it shouldn't come as a surprise, I think, that An overwhelming majority of women are super critical of themselves. They're constantly beating themselves up over some imaginary standard they have to attain, you know, just to be treated with decency by the masses. And all these tropes glamorized by the media, you know, as to how women students are notoriously sexual, they're luring in professors to get their grades up you know, in return for a sexual favor or something like that. It makes it so hard for women to believe that even without having slept with their teachers, or even without having flirted with their teachers, that the reason they're doing so well in their class is not because their professor wants to sleep with them. And it's equally worse both ways. Like, if you're someone who's seen as attractive by others, you're an object of lust and not intellect. And if you're not someone who's seen as conventionally attractive, my god, I hate that term, conventionally attractive. Anyway, but if you're not somebody who's that, then it's probably because people pity you or... Because obviously, what is the worth of a woman if it's not the way that she looks? To make something out of a preconceived ornamental existence may be revolutionary, but it does not always have to be. It should not come at the cost of someone's self-esteem. And as you may have figured out by now, none of these problems that I just mentioned, they they can't be overcome individually. They're a component of a flawed society, and to change these requires a radical structural change and years and years of social transformation. But does that mean we can't stop feeling like imposters, or that the only way out of this is through it? Well, sort of, but not really. We have access to mental health professionals and emotional counseling, and that's made it so much easier for people to acknowledge and deal with seeing themselves as phony. And that's probably the best option there is out there. But what if professional help is not feasible? As it is uh, in a lot many cases, not everybody has access to therapy, and there is an acute shortage of good therapists out there. So what then? Well, from what I read in the article, and also what I personally feel, just talk, you know, like feelings of being an imposter, like I said before, also, they're more common than we think they are. And when we look around ourselves and see all these high achieving, amazing people, and they have the same self doubts as we do, or like it just falls in the same category, it creates like a sense of solidarity and mutual support. And I personally have benefited so much from just talking my heart out to somebody who feels the same way or would want to listen or just believes in me and sees the light in me when I fail to. And I do the same for them. And it's a cycle of just mutual support. And that's what I call sisterhood. Like, yes, a heartfelt conversation, it goes such a long way. And like a word of praise or just genuine appreciation, it could stop, say, a budding artist from throwing away the last painting they made because they thought it wasn't good enough or they weren't good enough. And maybe a group chat or a book club or like a once in a month coffee date with a friend. These little things, they can make like a world of a difference. Moreover, being self-aware helps a lot too. Like I read this online on a blog that if you write down your accomplishments, no matter how big or small, you can always go back to them, go through them whenever you're having these feelings of being an imposter or these self-esteem issues. And even like making a note every time anyone says anything nice about you and it doesn't necessarily have to come from social media validation in the way that a good comment on your picture because you know this wholesome culture has been made which is good but it has its drawbacks like what I personally feel. But more like something a friend said to you to your face or something a teacher mentioned to you in your class. Just write them down go back to it when you're feeling low or need little motivation. It just comes down to loving yourself a little more, believing in yourself a little more. And someone once told me that I should treat myself the way I would treat any of my friends. And I think it applies for all of us. Just treat yourself the way you would treat another friend who was going through the same issues or the same questions that you were facing. And self-love and self-acceptance they come on a very rocky road and it's really difficult to tread, and you feel like you should have set out on it earlier or that you're too late, and you know, you wish you'd knew this when you were younger. But I feel everybody should be like really proud of themselves for at least having begun, at least wanting to love themselves, at least wanting to take care of themselves. That's that's a bare minimum that we can do for ourselves, and it's so important. And I think, yeah, eventually. I'm not saying you stop doubting yourself or there won't be days when you won't feel like you don't deserve the appreciation that you get or the things that you've accomplished. But maybe it just gets easier to deal with those feelings. I mean, I can't say for sure because I still haven't reached that point. But I am trying and I know a lot of people who are. And if you are one of them, then we're all in this together. So, yeah, I think this calls for a wrap. And I will definitely link the article that I talked about in the description. And if there's anything about the imposter syndrome or this episode in general that you would like to talk about, please feel free to reach out to me via my social media, which will also be in the description. Also, in this episode, I talked briefly about feminism and fleabag, uh, but it's something I have such a long list of opinions about. So maybe I will make a separate episode about just that and... If you follow the Charbonist podcast, you can get notified when I post a new episode. I try to post every Friday. If you like the content or the episode or think that more people deserve to listen to this show, feel free to share it and I'd really appreciate that. Speaking of which, Khula Prasaran is a hip-hop collective started by three of my close friends and they're doing a great job. They've been in the Delhi hip-hop scene for about a year. And they're only getting better. And they've come out with their new track, Danger. And I will also link that in my description. If you're somebody who's into hip-hop, please do check their art out and support them in any which way possible. Because I, for one, really love their music. Like, not even being biased about it. They're they're doing so well. So yeah, support your local artists. And thank you so much for tuning in. Bye-bye and take care.